is a, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians, pick their brains on a myriad of music topics. Uh, I, I'm KJ, one of your hosts. And I'm Scott, your other host here. We got our first Our first guest. official guest. Yes. Who is it? I'll let you go. It's none other than the one and only, the, the lo-fi funk indie rock god himself the man who does it all the man who does it all Devin Anderson yeah we'll have to put in some I was gonna say like Scott you're editing now so like you gotta put in like some like fireworks some claps right right some gunshots some sirens what's with the new thing people going like what? <laughs> what is oh, that? Oh yeah, that's Adrian's thing, what? right? It's like a, what? Kind of like a gun sound, it's like guess, in a bunch know. of rap songs. Like what? What is it? I don't know. Like skrr. Skrr. Oh, skrr. Yeah. yeah. I know Lil, Lil Pump. Ooh. Do you know Lil Pump? No. He's an awful rapper, but he goes skitter. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, that's his thing. I don't know. I know Big Sean I used to always say like skirt. Skirt was like his. There's, his everybody's got lib. little things that everybody's they say. Ad libs. Jim Jones balling, which yeah. then turned into a song. It's not even. I mean, Jim Jones does a lot of ad libs. That's cool. I don't know. Anyways, we're getting we got, way off yeah, yeah, the subject. Got, <laughs> you know, our first episode, we were able to sort of introduce ourselves and the podcast and talk about um, our, our topic for the first one was intros, and I think it was fitting for that first episode but now we have uh, a musician here with us we get to pick his brain on um some topics that we have all lined up and ready to go yeah do we just jump in well first what do you want to like do we should we should let devin like introduce yeah yourself i think to that's people. Cool. just just talk about who you are what you do uh musically what you what you're working on right now uh yeah i head up a project called avocado squad it's just my roommates and i making stuff at home I mix it and uh, it's strange. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I didn't know how to describe you. I mean, we talked about this, like, uh, you're realizing, like, your music is, like, lo-fi, you know, mm. or, like, I don't Just know. Just because it has bit, to a be. Bit, a little bit of quirkiness to it, though. Like, yeah. like you're like a, a Lewis Cole, you know? But, like... I don't know. Different. That's too cool. Lewis no, Cole's yeah, you're like a point. Lewis Cole, yeah. but different. I don't even know what other way. I don't know what I mean by different, but it, I feel like Lewis Cole could get really out there, which you can well, too. Lewis you Cole is, too. is the man. <laughs> There's <laughs> been some productions that you go so deep. What's what's the one about slaying dragons? I'm like. That, that track goes so crazy. Yeah, that, that's so many different insane, directions. Man. And yeah. like just the production alone is like... I'd have to shout out uh, Bailey Budnick on drums on that and oh, Jamie yeah. Black on organ. Nice. Ba- Bailey plays in uh, August, right? Yeah. Ooh, and what, does Jamie play in anything? Or? He was uh, part of the defunct uh, legendary West Michigan jam band uh, Karmic. Karmic. Who was doing like uh, Humphreys McGee stuff, but like in the late 90s mm. that's where i guess oh, they crazy. were then too but they, they were just like a, a shocking shockingly proggy jam band huh. in grand rapids in like Yo, the late 90s man jamie is like uh, no disrespect to everybody on the album but like jamie is like mvp on that organ man when he comes in on some of those songs like yeah, on, just, ha- on hallway man yeah yeah, yeah. he snaps on that song
Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah th- those two would be good ones to shout out. Uh, Jamie, he did that in like a, an hour, I think. Wow. And Dragon was like five minutes before he walked out the door. I was like, you want to hear one more? And he's like, uh, just hammering the on best. the keys. That's and, what we always talk and about. And I used everything he played is on the song. It's He heard it like That's one dope. and a half times. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you have like a whole... I like, was going to say, you can't just mention Albacost. Well. You have like a whole bullpen of like musicians that you like tap for different things. Because you yeah. live with a bunch of musicians, but I feel like you're pulling in people from all over the place too. Well, the way I would explain the, the squad thing is um, my other bands who... All the people that play in the squad. Can you name the other in. bands that you uh, played in? Mainly Kickball Forever and the United Everywhere. I just maybe you guys can relate to this feeling of like treating your project like it's this precious thing that means so much, and it that can that can often lead to stress and bad vibes. Yeah. And so the squad thing started as just like, oh, let's just uh, start making weird demos, and that the first idea was like, what if we put it on YouTube and didn't tell anyone and just let it sit there. And we did that with our first EP, and then it it just was super fun, yeah. and none of that stress was there because it right. didn't feel like we were. Was that was that the Whisper Week? Was that the first yeah. official thing? Yeah. Okay. I could definitely see that where there is very little sense of, I mean, there's ownership, but also not like you can just kind of put it out there, and yeah. there's not like we are this yeah. emblematic, we're this band, we have a name, we're this unit. Yeah, you know, every like, song is a different genre. There's like right. five different writers. Uh, it's all, yeah. It just like we we just let go, and that is what started connecting I mean, with the genre people. jumping the, is is sweet. Yeah, like yeah. I have always thought, like, oh, it'd be cool to be in a metal band. It'd be cool to be in a, a reggae band or a punk band, and like you kind of get to do any of it. I don't really know how to do <laughs> anything else. My attempts at that have resulted in. Two half finished albums with the other bands that, like, we they might never come out. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. that's, those are the bands, Kickball Forever and United Everywhere, that have played out like right. shows. Yeah, those are the yeah. bands that we we know. You know, right. those are the bands thanks we to play you with. guys. That, <laughs> I think you guys. Uh, and they're awesome bands. Ninety percent of the gigs for those bands are opening for KJ and the Good Time. It's just so band. fitting. Yeah, we all. We should mention too. We met Devin in Lansing at a show. And then we were, nobody was there, by the way. And, and not nobody, like nobody, nobody. Like, nobody was there. And then the I'm like asking everybody, I'm like, oh man, guy. your band is like so sweet. I'm thinking like, oh, they got to be from maybe Kalamazoo or something. And Devin's like, oh no, we live in Grand Rapids. I'm like, what? Right down the street. Yeah, right down the street from me. <laughs> and then uh, the other band was like, we're from Grand Rapids too. And I'm like, well, that's why nobody's at this damn show. All Grand yeah. Rapids <laughs> bands are in Lansing and none of us know anybody. Here. Yeah. <laughs> the Loft just threw a, yeah. a night out to be like, well, if we sell 15 tickets, we break even. So. Uh, I always Whatever, say it was worth like it though. Like that's the night we met y'all, man. And right. we created so much stuff with like KJ and the Good Time Family Band, Avocado Squad, United Everywhere. Like we're just all linked and doing stuff, yeah. man. So to me, it was worth it, even though right, nobody was right. there. Of course. Do you guys remember uh the sound I don't know if you guys were around when the sound guy came around and said like the floors were sticky, and he's like, "Yeah, Insane Clown Posse was here a few nights oh, ago, right, 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 right. and they do the Fago thing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the floor of this empty venue that no one, that two of our friends were right. watching us in, was just uh, full of. Isn't that funny? We played like the same. I was gonna say we played the same stage as Insane Clown Posse a couple nights after. <laughs> that is so funny. And you can picture maybe you know fifteen hundred to two thousand people. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's a big that, venue. That's a big yeah. place. Yeah, that, that that's why the worst part. Yeah. 
I feel like we were so, so young as a band at that point. It didn't feel so awful yet, but I feel like now it would be. Yeah, if I had to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. The more the feeling of like having a fully mic drum kit and a monitor mix, the more that seems less significant. <laughs> right. it's, it just yeah. gets like. Yeah, Dude, now, got, now it's like I demand that. I'm like, you ain't got my shit monitored and mic. No, I'm not playing here. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to before, it's like, whoa, you're micing me up. This is so cool. I it did it. sound good from what I recall. I mean, no, it sounded great, actually. Yeah. Um, and you've also played with like outside of these projects with other like groups and. Oh, yeah. Did you just Grand record Rapids? with the Bins and Graves Collective? Oh, did yeah. I see that? Yeah, I recorded one song on bass with them. On bass? Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's. Uh, in drop D and I just kind of played on the one. Cool. We we should and also mention like Devin is a multi instrumentalist yeah. too. You started on drums, I think you told me at one mm-hmm. point, right? But I, I think of you more as like a guitar player, but also like, yeah, you could play bass too, man. You're all over the place. Yeah. I'm equally a, bad a, at r- recorder. Bass drums, guitar, <laughs> <laughs> recorder, yeah. <laughs> the recorder was that uh did you do a video with like recorder? You're like playing guitar. Yeah, recorder. recorder into yeah. a vocoder. Yeah, it sounded sick. So the, the yeah. recorder sound was controlling their articulation ah, of the yeah, key sound. I see, I see. And you've played with like Brandino. Oh yeah, yeah. You did Yeah, the Brandino yeah. extravaganza. Played yeah. with you guys on bass. Yeah, well, yeah. you played yeah, yeah, yeah. you doing it for Scott. <laughs> yeah, that was like better, last yeah. minute. Yeah. I was no. expecting a call to be like, oh Scott. <laughs> Sorry, man. We found the next. <laughs> uh, no, that was fun. No, I, I have to show you some videos, Devin, of us practicing, and it was just the drum machine. Scott, you probably get a kick out of it too. But we were practicing our songs. Oh, cool. But to they a drum machine, totally different. Yeah, yeah, it was to the drum machine. It was just like you were just kind of getting the rhythms down and things like that. But how did? Maybe, yeah, I guess that's a different yeah. conversation. Yeah, I was like, how did it feel to play that. some of those? Like, I don't know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. That has no, to feel pretty. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, like I. I love getting funky and I love your playing. So right. it's really just like a matter of learning it to like some degree of accuracy. Right, right. But the, the challenge was just like the energy. I've <laughs> never played with a band with as much presence on stage as you guys. So you and Elliot worked me that night, <laughs> jumping yeah. up and down and stuff and keeping the riffs going. Uh, it's tough. That was cool. Man. I think uh, like, yeah, now that we're getting older, we just played like the first show that I was telling you about. And uh, man, I, I literally had to like take a bath the next day. I had to like soak. It was like, gross. I was, I was hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's too, just so not doing it for a year, you know, but also like, yeah, I don't know. Still brought it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think of like cats like James Brown, like and Prince and whoever like I don't understand how they were like 50 years old jumping off of pianos and doing stuff I'm like oh hell no nah, man yeah. Mick Jagger I mean, right. all of those dudes I, I just don't understand it I saw a really sad video yesterday of Vince Neil from Motley Crue um, yeah, walking I off stage that. early at his show. he's like guys voice is shot Oh dang! Yeah, like he yeah. just couldn't sing anymore. He walks away, and the, the backing tracks are still singing the choruses <laughs> for him, and he's just like, "I'm out." He's rough, usually. Anyway, that yeah, even in yeah. the '80s, he was pretty rough. But right. yeah, he's I don't know, late '50s now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, but Devin. I want to talk to you, and a, a lot of people don't know this, but like, I have a nickname for you, and it hasn't spread yet. But I'm gonna make it spread. I call you Riff because, oh, uh, like, every time I play with you, or at least when I jam with you, like, man. I've never, I don't know, I've never played with anybody who does as many as fun and, like, interesting, like, little licks or riffs that, like, you do, you know? Like, you'll create something. Or I think, like, one time me, you, and Elliot were playing, and you're just like, doom, 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 doom
And, you know, oh. and we were just like kind of grooving. Where I was like, yo, that's so hot. Like, you always nail like a riff or a lick for whatever the song is. Well, and that's like, your, that's like kickball forever and unite everywhere. Kickball forever, like, yeah, yeah. Fans. Bunch of, yeah, 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 bunch of riffs. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Which is cool. Like, yeah. So, and, and so I've started doing this thing too this year where I've been trying to do like a riff or a lick like every week. Like, I've just mm. been trying to learn a new one. So I thought it would be a good topic for us to discuss what makes a good riff or lick. Um, and also, like, what, what distinguishes the difference between a riff and a lick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us what you like. What, like, name some things, some riffs that come to mind, and just putting yeah. you on the spot. Yeah, for sure. yeah. You on the spot I here, didn't know but. the topic until I came over. So yeah. this is exciting. <laughs> but I think I'm just gonna go with my gut, and um, it. You guys are gonna have to be okay with me naming some bad stuff. Do you no, yeah, do it? Because like the '80s come to mind. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. the '90s Definitely. come to mind. Yeah. Um, like Motley Crue, for example, we were just talking about Vince Neil. Some of my favorite riffs are um, Motley Crue riffs. Love them. Uh, Give us one. Uh, oh, let's see. Maybe one that's not so obvious. Too Young to Fall in Love, the uh, Motley okay. Crue song okay. from All Shout right. at the Devil. Sweet riff. Um, he's like outlining the harmonic components of the song. It's not that complex of a song, but... Everything that's going to happen is outlined in this riff that he plays. As a, as a good riff should. Makes me think of that Papa Roach song, My Last Resort. Or oh, Modulating the chord. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah totally. So on top of that too, is it the distortion too? Do you think that that makes it? I feel like a the lot of sound times, of the, I, sound yeah, of the I feel like a lot of times when I listen to a riff, like especially when it's good, it's like if it has distortion on top of it, it's like oh yeah, I'm, I'm in yeah. there. You know, you like, like nodding your head. Could like, that riff sound good on an acoustic guitar? Yeah, like would that sound good if it was on acoustic? Maybe I think that's an element is the distortion, but I think what it needs is some some kind of attitude in the way it's played, whether it's mm. syncopation mm. or you're really digging into it or creating dynamic shifts within the riff, something that, that gives it some stink. At least the kind of riff, all the ones that are popping into my head are kind of rude and loud and ugly and are they're really owning like running it when the they're song. playing it. You yeah. can kind of picture them like you can their feel face, it. they're yeah. in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. I like the idea of stink. Like you yeah. can see the stink on I, their face. I think of one that I can think of that I, I was just learning is called, <laughs> it's a funny song title, Wing Dang Doodle. It's by Pointer <laughs> Sisters. It's like the last track on their first album. And the riff is really simple. There's no slides. There's no bends. There's no nothing. It's just straight notes. But it's just like... <laughs> It's just like literally repeating, but it's just like you could feel. It's like you're saying, like you could feel like they're leaning into it. Yeah, like you're leaning into it. It's like a riff to me, like doesn't have to be flashy. And I think a lot of times people think that, like, oh, I gotta do like a pull off or like a hammer on or like some double stops, some type of technique, some type of technique where it's just like you could literally just play straight notes, and if it sounds cool, it sounds cool. Something else that makes me think of is a lot of cool riffs will start the song. It, um, it's almost like as you're hearing it, uh, part of the catchiness is your your brain starts to fill in where the backbeat's going to be. And you're mm. like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. So then when it when the band comes in, there's new context to it. That, you, you've just been like relieved of this tension. Scott, you you put me on to uh, to Deep Purple like that first album. What's it called? Machine Head. 
Yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't think it's their that? first record, but it's like their biggest record. Okay. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the song, but it's like... Yeah, that's just like a blues riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah, 12-bar blues type thing. Yeah. But you think the song's going to do something, but then it pauses and plays the riff. It's just like, man, when that riff kicks in... And it's dirty. Yeah, it's, and it's yeah. dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you give, like, just a, a two-second tease of, like, some other instrument and then drop the riff in with it... Well, like, I to the same extent, too. I think my all-time favorite is Money for Nothing. Oh, yeah, Dire yeah, Straits. Yeah. It starts yeah. with, like, a whole buildup of, like, you know, toms and, like, synthy things, and then he just comes in with that dirty guitar riff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about a riff just like really announcing itself. I guess no matter right. where it is, but when when it's like just the guitar playing it. Right. This is all guitar stuff, right? Right. I, I yeah. Does, does riff mean guitar? A, yeah, that's that's an even you play better a riff question. On the sax? You, you can play a riff on the is that sax. Line? But is I it a like lick when it's on the keys I don't think it's or a the lick. sax? Is there a different? What's like the difference to me, a lick and a riff? To me, a lick would be like I'm thinking like a uh, like a Sly and a Family Stone song, like in time. It's just like doom 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 doom. So it's like more single notes. Yeah, it's more single notes. I feel like a riff is more so like a, a, a and a B. Like the yeah, it's like following some type of chordal progression. And there's usually like some type of switch up in within the riff. If that makes any sense. But like a riff you know is I mean? like for me, riff rock. I just think of Rage Against the Machine. Like. But it's all riffs. Yeah, and yeah. so that's not chordal necessarily. Yeah, that's, true. Yeah. It's just a funk line, basically, yeah. with it, distortion I mean, on it. I really don't think there's a difference between riffs and licks, maybe. Is just, it, we'd like to define them in that way. but Yeah, is it the way that it fits in the song? Like, to me, I guess if if it's mm. the thing that you keep coming back to after the chorus, or if it is the chorus, then it, it's definitely a riff. It's a riff. Yeah. Whereas, like, a lick could be tossed in at the end of it's a phrase. It's momentary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to define it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to so define it. So, a riff it. is essential to the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. A lick is not, but it could be repeated, though, as if it is. Yeah, I think okay. so. So, what else do you got? What other things come to your mind as you're um, thinking about essential? Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, Another another one that's ugly. Well, well let me back up. Because um, the Motley Crue thing was kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> Shout out to Vince Neil. I like it, though. <laughs> no, I know. It's a territory we have not mined yeah. yet. It, it comes from this place of, like, Van Halen. Right. You know, any of those bands from that era, but Van Halen's probably the best one for just, like, the, the riff is running the song. Yeah. Um, and not not out of lack of ability or anything. It's like, that's that's just what the game is. Um but moving moving from the eighties to I don't know if this is ninety or might be two thousand. Ninety nine or two thousand. Uh the song Hot Dog by Limp Biscuit. Oh, we were just talking about Limp really? Biscuit. And I just, this resurrected themselves Scott. Uh, to play a lot of They're like uh, have you seen yes. all the festivals yeah. they're playing recently? Yeah, that's all they kinda do anymore. It's just a festival oh, band. Biscuit like, though, already a hit. I give they must so have a credit to their yeah, promoter yeah. Booker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. They're like we just watch out. We're going to be the next, like, resurgent <laughs> cool thing. I mean, it's just, you have to just go back to, like, 20, not 20 years, 15 years. And then it's, like, the people that now have money to pay these concert tickets. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, what was hot when they were um, going into high school. Right. That's, I think For the, me, that's Limp Bizkit. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The big one right before the pandemic that I think got canceled was the Green Day Weezer oh, Fallout yeah, Boy. Was that yeah. the trio? Alanis Morissette was going to do Jagged Little Pill. It's it's these bands, like nostalgia bands. So it's the, the, it's the, the like, uh, 
living room Zoom set for uh, <laughs> that's the, the new vibe this year. So, yeah. uh, so what's the so what's the Limp Biscuit song you said again? Hot dog. It, hot dog. It's, uh, okay, yeah, there's yeah. an intro. So it's their big album, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. There's is an that intro. Their big album. Yeah, of yeah, course. It's the. <laughs> what I do believe, you think it is? I, well, it, yeah, there are a couple others that have like more well-regarded hits on them, I guess. But the, this is the Rollin' album. This right. is the My okay. Generation yeah, yeah, album. Right. Here, yeah. um, it's got the the Mission Impossible one on it. Yeah. Take a look around. Oh, I forgot about um, that. Uh, yeah, Scott was so, a huge Limp Bizkit. I was a big Limp Oh, cool, yeah. cool. I, I was, um, I was too. I don't like to admit it a lot, but I was. Nice. Yeah, I think it's Three Dollar cool. Billy Y'all is the one That's that probably sounds it. better yeah. now. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Hot Dog is the fastest selling. It, it holds some record oh, in terms wow. of like that still hasn't been beat because that was 2000. It was like, just when things were flying off the shelves. Yeah, CDs. at the very yeah. end of CDs. Yeah. But yeah, that, there's a kind of an intro that I think is pointless now that I'm thinking about it. But then Fred kind of does his his thing. Yeah, yeah. He does some he does some ad living and then this riff comes in. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, it's simple. I think it's only two notes. So he's like hitting an open whatever D and then bending it down with his whammy bar. And as it comes up, he's hitting a I guess a higher D and then it's like a D sharp. So there's like some type of um, novelty to the the technique in which it's being played. Yeah, it's all technique because there's no. I mean, it's two notes, but but it's just got this. Uh, I think the the whammy bar thing, the strings bending down. That's that attitude I'm talking about. And then he, the end of the riff is just no notes. It's so just, just he's raking strings. the strings. Yeah. It's a percussive thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's cool to it's cool to watch him do it. Um, that's Wes Borland, West their Berlin, guitar player. Yeah. And actually, if we could do an on- honorable mention to this song, Please. the verse riff is, I think you guys would like this. This is hugely, I'm just now realizing, hugely influential on me to like the United Everywhere sound where I use like the dotted eighth delay. Oh, I'm so happy we're talking Limp Bizkit. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's going into this dotted eighth riff. Yeah, I love yeah. when you do a lot of that. The dotted yeah. eighth rhythm is huge, huge. They were definitely like channeling a lot of the, like the electronic music of the time. Like I feel like they were stuff that you see in like more contemporary metal bands. They were, I think hinting in on when you have all those like mm. pitch bends, that's all stuff that you hear on synths nowadays. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Limp Bizkit was cool. I think me and Scott talked about this recently, not to get like too far off track, but like the fall of Limp Bizkit was just Fred Durst's like believability, man. But I don't know. I feel like when you're doing that type of drama or that type of singing, rapping thing, it's like you got to have some type of like, be- like it's got to be believable. And I but feel just like over yeah. time, at first it was very commercial. And then after a while, it's just like, okay, we're not feeding into this bullshit anymore, Fred. Like- That's why <laughs> I think like System of a Down actually made it out of that decade yeah, with like a credibility because yeah. they, they came from the more or the political raging of the machine side yeah. of things. And I think there was some like some meat on the bone in terms of lyrics. And yeah, absolutely. That's the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the lyrics. But I mean, musically, like, man, Limp Biscuit was killing it though, man. Yeah, like, I think I, they yeah. yeah, Fred was I, I think their primary producer, but also their biggest downfall in that he just became this kind of wacko personality yeah. that you you couldn't tell how self-aware he was yeah. of it. Um and yeah, I mean it's a his name is just kind of a meme at this point. Right, yeah, that is true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think there's some cool stuff on on those first three or four Biscuit albums that are. 
I don't know. It, it sounds a little dated now, but I, I think it's worth looking back. Yeah, that music yeah. has certainly had like a shelf life. Yeah, where, yeah. you know. Uh, Let's keep going. What yeah. else? Um, so, so we, I always like to try to find like some type of checklist um, of like credentials that yeah. a riff must have. Mm. And so I think we've we've established like some type of attitude. Mm-hmm. No dirty. doubt. Yeah, attitude and dirty. I think and dirty. go hand in hand. I think some type of um, novelty, possibly. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hook in a way that a vocal can't be and chords can't be. It's why the guitar is such a cool instrument for it to mostly take place on. Is it is kind of specific to the guitar. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, but like, to me, all these examples think I'm like, thinking uh, of, yeah, like, uh, like "Jump" by Van Halen, like the synth, the boom. Bum, bum. Oh like, sure, that like a riff. That's a riff. Yeah, is yeah. That a riff? no, okay. is that just a chord progression? It's probably just a chord progression. Yeah, but it does, it does have this like setup punchline thing right. almost where it it sets something up and then resolves it. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah. That that seems riffish to me, but there's something about it being on a, a key instrument. It doesn't feel like riff is the right yeah, word. Yeah, riffs are crazy. And then I'm thinking about like guitar, like a Blink 182, like. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's that song? Um, uh, damn it. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah a, that's, that's a riff. Definitely, that's definitely a riff. There needs to be some type of singular notes. Singular or like notes. I think that's, Yeah, I think that's definitive. I'm writing that down. There's something <laughs> else that that and like the Motley Crue riff and maybe even that Limp Bizkit have in common is the, I want to say like the naivety of it because mm-hmm. a lot of these, a lot of the coolest riffs are... Um, all downstroke. Yeah. Maybe you can speak to this, KJ. You're a downstroke guy. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. downstroke. There, yeah, I cringe about every the, time. <laughs> well, there, there's something Sorry. about it. Like, even if it's not, <laughs> even if it's not rhythmically perfect, or it's doing something to the, the dynamics that is kind of off, or what someone would say is off. I think that's part of it. Like, there's something. Uh, yeah, you know, and this is me as a player. It's just like I've just never felt like. I feel like I know I could do a lot more if I learn alternate picking and just like really go ham on it or do upstrokes and combine with downstrokes. But I'm just like, I don't know. A lot of stuff I play is like really funky where I could kind of like just stay in there. You know, I never really have to go. Yeah, I think it works for the riff. You get a lot of cool riffs and there's, yeah, there's something about like, yeah, it, it's kind of cringy to watch like Tom DeLonge play that all downstrokes. It's like, dude, help yourself out. But like, it wouldn't sound the same if, if you played the, it. They would say yeah, that about right. James Jameson. He oh, only yeah, played James Jameson. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He was just like plucking on, like, dude, bring that middle yeah. finger in, help mm. yourself out. But I mean, that just added to the vibe. And I was like, going to say, with the, the vibe, attitude, the same, though. It probably yeah. wouldn't. I mean, the same mm. thing with all downstrokes. Yeah. One thing I was going to say about a riff, I think the best riffs are ones that uh, anybody can play. Mm, you that's know? very like true. You hear, yeah. on, you hear mm. on, a, you know, the radio, and you're like, oh, I want to learn that. I'm a budding guitar player, you can pick it up. You know, you can bring it to your your local guitar teacher, and they can teach it to you. You know, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Huh. No, no, I agree with that. I mean, like, like I said, I've been learning a lot of riffs, and like for me, yeah, the the most fun ones are the ones where it's just like. I could just rip and just like nod my head and like play along. It's never the, obviously I learned some complicated ones, but it's never the, the, the complicated ones where I'm like sliding and bending double stop. Right. It's, uh, it's different than learning a solo to a song. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. There's some cool solos, but I think that's sometimes daunting for like the, the starting guitar think, player, but a riff, 
You can learn and, that. And sometimes, like, learn a song. Feel, yeah, and I feel like sometimes people create their riffs like they're a solo, you know, and it's just like I think those riffs are usually boring when it's just like, uh, right, uh, yeah, almost like some solo aspect to it. So this feels like a solid list. So for for a riff to be uh, good, it's got to have some type of attitude. It's got to be dirty. It's got to you got to be able to just like feel feel that that grit in it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, novelty. Uh, it, when we say novelty, I guess ex explain that more. What do you guys think? It's almost like a little toy or something. Yeah, like okay. a little like fidget spinner. Yeah, a riff is like this little. Uh, Chinese finger traps. I like it's that. just like you can toy with it. Yeah. And it's something that speaks so much to like the guitar and yeah, people wanting to learn it after they hear it. I like yeah, that. No, that's true. You it, broke it down. Yeah. It's very just, elusive, yeah. but that's that's I the best you way guys, I can I put say you guys it. both on the spot, but I was just kind of like, nah, yeah. just, like, at, like Adam yeah. Jones does this cool thing on like a drop D from Tool. Yeah. Um, he does like a um, left handed pull off technique. He does it like on so many different tool songs. It's just like he plays riffs and it's like a little novel thing that he does. It's a technique, but it's like sort of accessible for anybody to learn. Mm. Not like a crazy technique of like a solo where you're tapping and things like that. But we talked about singular notes. I think that's that's simple enough. Like yeah. riff has gotta have some type of singular notes to it. It's gotta be uh naive. Uh it's gotta have some naivete. Is that how people say that? That's, that's how like I really, said it. But when they really want to be fancy. I think it's just like accessibility. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone could play it. I think that was a good thing to add, Scott. Like, it, obviously, there's some riffs out there that are harder. But for the most part, like, if you're a, um, I don't know, what, uh, like a medium level guitar player, like, you should be able to hear a riff and, like, pick up your guitar right. and be able to figure I it mean, out. I mean, one song that we play live is Rock On. Oh, yeah, for sure. That bass line is a, it's, it's a riff. Yeah. You know, it's like it just immediately is identifier of the song. Yeah. Totally. Like you hear that? Like, okay, this is that song. Like, yeah. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's like, that yeah. is what that is. And like, I, yeah. we, we brought up Bulls on Parade, but it's like a two note, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like a one octave. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I like, name that song in five seconds or less. It's like, bam, got it. And yeah. it's like a yeah. riff. For sure. All right. Now that now that we've gone down the list, we'll wrap up this topic. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll stay on it with this. But I want to do like a round robin around the table here about like what just thinking, and I'm putting you all of a sudden the spot, just like what's one of your favorite riffs? If you could mention one more riff, Devin, I know you already mentioned one, but like one more riff that like takes the cake that is like for you that you love when you hear it every time, and it's like everybody should hear this riff. Oh man! Do you want a second? I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna like cap out so hard here, but it's like one of the first things. <laughs> no, I ever that's learned. all right. This is literally first thing. So first thing I ever learned on the bass. One of the first things: "Blister in the Sun," "Violent Femmes." Oh, yeah. It's a little riff. It's just that's the Perfect. song. That's that's what it is. And it's yeah. like. On, it's novel. It's the stupidest little thing in the world. You can't Easy to learn. To bob your head to it. You can't exactly. Yeah. And the whole song's built around it. Yeah. That's a, that's cool. You just came through with two bass riffs and like I mean the <laughs> the riff of all time is like Seven yeah. Nation Army. Technically, is uh, a bass. Yeah, yeah, riff, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. So we kind of have to include the bass. Oh, here, I think, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. I think so. by extension. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Seven, eight, oh, that song is like a seven nation. I can't army, hear man. it and just be like groan. 
I can't. It's not fresh to me anymore. No, like, it's I so hard. Not hear I it for twenty years. You know what's one weird thing that I don't do? I mean, that I do, and like I, I just can't help it. But like, I don't really listen to songs that are like overplayed, even by artists that I love. So like Prince, I don't listen to Purple Rain on my own or Windows Cry on my own. Jimi Hendrix, I don't listen to Purple Haze. Led Zeppelin, I haven't listened to Stairway in Heaven in years. No. Like just if it's those songs that are like overplayed. So yeah, Seven Nation Army, like I can't listen to them on my own. It's just like. But so if you cringe. watch like any sporting event. Yeah, it's, it's always just, there. It's yeah, omnipresent. Well, it's cool to hear saying. a stadium chant it, though. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, That's but, where it needs to exist. It doesn't need to be a song but anymore. But it sucks, though. It was a great song at a certain point yeah. in time. But it's just like in society, it just got sweeped up in everything. Where it's just like, I can't avoid this song. So why would I listen to it right. by myself for it's my own It's the downside of a riff. Yeah. That's, I'm, you make too good of a riff. Oh, man. I've been on this kind of weird trip recently where... I am a riff boy and I know it and I'm trying to like avoid that in myself and, and write more quarterly as I am putting stuff together. We got the opposite problem going on. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> let's just jam more. Yeah. yeah. But there like, there's something about, and maybe it's wrong now, but when I'm coming up with stuff, I start to get riffy and I'm like, no, cause it's, it's almost like I'm hearing seven nation army in my head. You're, like, <laughs> you're hearing that. Like if I play this 10 more times, I'm going to be sick of it. Yeah. And I don't know, there, there's like a downside to the repetitive nature wow. of a little like hook. It's a, it's an earworm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Do you have yours or do you want me to go? Y- yeah. Um, All right. sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say icky thump by mm. the white stripes. Okay. I, I like just that. popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was an early one that, I mean, I, I'm sure I'd learned Seven Nation Army by that point, but like seventh grade, I'm watching VH1 Saturday morning or whatever, <laughs> whatever that was. And it, that's got to be one of the last times that like a legit rock song was on right. the charts that hard for yeah. that long. And it had this really quirky music video. And man, I just love that riff. It is it's so like good. It's so perfect. And it's like, yeah, it's fun. It's rewarding to play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I and it's, I think it hits every mark on that list of like, it's definitely no, I would agree with that. ugly. It's definitely catchy. The tone is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, it's the chorus of the song as well. Like that's true. It's almost not a song. It's just kind of a riff with <laughs> verses. Yeah. Which is badass. Uh, for me, I would say Neil Young, Cinnamon Girl. Uh, mm. Okay. Yeah, and again, like the song is kind of built around that. Well, I guess it's not really the verse or anything, but it's like it always comes in right before. It's bluesy. Yeah, it's bluesy. Uh, It's got that attitude and that grit to it. I think like it's in double drop D, like the E, the high E and the low E string are both in D. And he like, I haven't heard the song forever, but he like sings along to it. Isn't yeah, that like the melody of the song. Uh, Am I seeing a girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hook. Yeah, it's yeah. like the hook. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that sometimes. That's interesting. Week, like, yeah. like the hook sometimes is the riff, you know? Right. Yeah. I always have like a little bit of like mm, when the vocal line is the same thing as the riff line or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. Know. You hate it that uh, when we write songs like that, I feel like, and it's just like we yeah, do. Like sometimes. we have to try. Harder. I feel like like <laughs> I know what you mean. needle drop yeah. is like like that, isn't it? Yeah, we have to probably <laughs> stretch ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I like when Come On Get Down is the riff is slightly different. Yeah. It is, right? yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think that's a cool shift when it, yeah. the vocal, where one or the other is doing something on top yeah. that's not included in the other one. Yeah. That's kind of a cool thing. Yeah.
it just made me think of like uh, Weezer songs. A lot of like on the Green albums, like all the solos are just like the verse line or whatever. Oh, <laughs> dude, that could be an episode in itself. Yeah, it, the melodic solo. Yeah, yeah. Is, oh yeah, oh like, man, <laughs> it's cool. Yes. I like it, but it because like for Shanti will do it too. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you can do yeah. it, but just not do it more than maybe one or two songs <laughs> on an album. Yeah, <laughs> or like yeah, take the first half of the melody and yeah. then like break off. And then after break that. off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. We uh we went in on that topic. Should we should we go to another one here? Yeah, let's do one more here. All right. So Devin, the other one I want to talk to you about was like, what's your favorite instrument in a song? And I guess I don't know. Should we break this up into what is your favorite instrument and what's the most important instrument? I guess mm. that's its own like individual podcast. Like, how do we <laughs> minimize that? Yeah, because if I just say bass, we're gonna talk for like another four <laughs> hours. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what's the uh, thing that perks your ears up and gets you excited? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm more so asking. Like, when you're listening to a song, what's that thing that you hear that, like, you're just like, ooh, I'm locked you're in. You're locked like, in. And that's whatever. A, the tone of a specific instrument? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been really getting into Wurlitzer and Rhodes recently. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty no, stock answer. That, but, man, no. like, just hearing how much of the music industry as a whole is just riding on those two instruments yeah is it is great. crazy yeah i'm i feel the same way where it's just like i listen to a song sometimes i don't even realize that it has organ in it but usually it's like mm. driving the song it's just like it's so minimal that you don't even really notice it. oh yeah know? like a wurlitzer organ okay yeah 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 Yeah, that too yeah. i meant like the the keyboard like oh the 200 okay thing. all right yeah i was thinking like yeah. the organ but yeah yeah but yeah like i recently was hanging out with my mom and mentioned i want a wurlitzer one day and she's like, what is that? I'm like, and then I looked it up and it, there's, I found some video that's like the 10 most popular songs to feature a Wurlitzer. And it's just like, it, it's so much, it like uh, Queen, Ooh, You're My Best Friend. Like, would that work on a, on a piano? It's like, it mm. seems like it's so foundational to that. that. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that a riff? Oh, is that? We're going back. <laughs> I, I think that's anyway, a riff. Yeah, I would might, say that's a that riff. That might be a Wurlitzer riff, dude. Two note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many good ones. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's a hard thing with doing this. It's like, it's I just think, whatever comes to the top of your head, but there's so yeah. many good ones. I mean, there. obviously, I mean, it's like Devin said, I think we would all probably agree that bass is foundational. Right? Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily always the thing that like grabs your attention. It's, it's not. Like, you know what was crazy is when I first started like really getting into music, like I couldn't hear bass. I know that sounds like yeah, same. But well, like, does that have something to do with the type of music you're right. listening yeah, to? Like, that was instance, for me. like again, I was literally just about to say I was listening to like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that. Where mm-hmm. you know, where he's just following Mark Hoppus is just following like the chord progression and like my guys at the store. Like I worked at Best Buy when I got into music and stuff, and uh, the guys would be like, "You don't hear?" I'd be like, "I don't." Even I don't know what you're talking about. I just yeah, hear guitar here, right. you know. Uh, yeah, and that's why I was liked yeah. about like Mike Durant of Green Day. He would like follow Billy, but he'd always like throw in a little bit of like some flavor. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Cool. Cool punk bass player. Right. I mean, even with uh, whatever it is all the small things if you mute the bass the song is over it's, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah even yeah. even if he is just following the chords yeah. well, like, you know it's funny i mean my guy here uh prince obviously but when mm-hmm. doves cry has no bass in it right kiss That's has crazy. no bass in it yeah what does it kiss? Oh, kiss yeah 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 
It's just like a subby ba- uh, I, kick drum or whatever. Yeah, but I've never like noticed that. You know, like obviously I've heard the story over and over again about the legend of that, but it's just like I don't I don't notice that there's no bass. It was in there songs. and he just took it out, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, do you notice it when you listen to the songs? Like, no, because it's just like the production's so good and it's yeah. like that. It's being supplemented somewhere else. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the production quality of it. Yeah. I was going to say, for me, the most recent thing I've been picking up on is um, I love the sound of an acoustic guitar blended with an electric guitar. Hmm. Oh. People do that a lot? Um, I feel like you hear it in some um, McCartney oh, solo albums. Oh, yeah, yeah, hmm. you're right, yeah. Um, most recently, it's in that uh, Major Murphy album that just came out. I just like this. I know, it's been a recent thing that I've just been like, I like that texture, it's sort of fuzzy and yeah, yeah. I think we talked about doing that a lot with our album. It's just like time, man. We never yeah. had time to do it, but something yeah, I like I, to do more of. Yeah, I Is really that do like that. Like playing a line in unison with the electric, yeah, or, or like chords, chords, chords. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. It just gives it that more lush like feel. Yeah, I even kind of like the charm of a poorly or maybe not poorly recorded but an acoustic that you can't hear the melodic information from as much. Like I'm thinking like Joni like Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a yeah, tambourine cool. uh, yeah. acoustic is kind of fun. I've been appreciating yeah. that more yeah. recently. Some producer I was watching, he's like often I'll just if they want that, they want percussion in an album, I'll just be like pick up an acoustic and just, just like, like chuck, a real, chuck away. Yeah, yeah, get a real yeah, thin yeah, pick yeah. and yeah. yeah. It, it adds something that like, you know, shakers does, you know, can't do or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Man, something about that, like, just raking the strings. Yeah. As soon as you said that with Joni, yeah, she loves doing that, at, like, at the beginning of a song. Like, yeah. help, help Me, I think. Is help like, Me, yeah, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, she's doing that. Help me, I think I'm falling. That's funny, it brings a full circle like back to Limp Biscuit. That riff <laughs> that he like chugs on the. Oh, uh, oh right. Yeah. 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 I, I was think, like Joni Mitchell. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Joni is integral to the Limp Bizkit sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like she influenced Fred so much. Yeah. Yeah. Using it as a, a percussive instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think one thing that is super important in songs, and I think we discovered this when recording, and I'm very interested to see like what your recording experience has been like this, but auxiliary percussion is just like. You gotta add it. I don't care if you're not playing a lot. Or you need a tambourine, a shake. It's got to be added to songs. Okay. So, so to me, that is that is something that is important. Like regardless if it's like shakers, maracas, tambourine, you gotta have that somewhere in your song to keep it driving. I feel like if you don't have that, it, unless you're like a, I don't know. And I feel like even James Brown has it. Like, but I was just about to say, like if you're like a tight, like consistent driving type of but like, song if but if you heard like percussion in like a a grunge song you'd probably be like this doesn't feel right or like mm. uh, yeah a new i metal, guess like going back to what we we're talking about like you depending know yeah. i bet there's a lot of tambo and pearl jam that there, i haven't thought pearl of jam before for sure, but not like maybe Soundgarden or sure yeah okay Alice so i want to take my statement back maybe you don't always need it but i'm just thinking genre specific yeah of, of what i make sure. yeah i feel like uh, you always need it but i don't know i think grunge would be worth looking into because i can't say definitively that alice in chains or even nirvana doesn't have some percussion in their verses Like on some some tracks, you know, (laughs) there probably is some hits in there. But that's that's the cool thing is like, 
good percussion, you're not thinking about it. Right. It's just like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're not even you're not even really thinking about it. It's just feeling that that sound out that like makes like because I just feel like listening to I don't know the the first album that we did in the second album like that was the difference to me of like these songs felt more full because yeah. there was parts where there was a tambourine or a shaker or something that nobody would or average listener would be like oh cool that shaker's right there but it's mm-hmm. like that shaker is driving. I think the tambourine that you do a needle dropper is like. To, yeah, it's just on an upbeat. Yeah. yeah, and nobody would notice that. I think they would just think that's part of the drum kit or something like that. But like an average person like doesn't make music, but it's just like that part is like integral to right. drive the song. You know, I like when some of those drummers put like it's like almost like a a bead of like a metal beads around their ride symbol. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, and it sizzles. It sizzles. Yeah. That's super hot. Or if they put like the little mini um, tambourine on their hi hat. So they're not like actually playing; it just becomes yeah. part of the the kit itself. I right, it's pretty cool. I bet that hi hat tambo is the grunge thing. If if there it is, t- is, that's probably what it <laughs> yeah, is. Just yeah. enough yeah. jangle to make yeah. it like <laughs> right. That where it's like its own thing, like overdubbed. But mm. yeah. yeah. All right, so there's really no definitive answer for that. I mean, we just no, really, it's all taste thing. It's all yeah. It's really all taste genre. I mean, it's all gonna be um, definitive to the genre. I feel like. I want to shout out Vocoder real quick. Vocoder, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been in love with it the last year or so, to the point where I'm playing recorder through it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't know. So what are you using for your vocoder effect? Just the Logic one. Okay. I I don't think a lot of people know there's one in Logic that I think is pretty good. I don't know. I don't know what else you would get. You're playing a recorder through the vocoder? Yeah, so you, you it's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> you so you yeah, you set the vocoder. For those that don't know, it's uh you can lay it out on a keyboard so that any sound can trigger the keys that you're pressing down. So you're articulating whatever keys you're you have pressed down through a mic or I had a mic playing a vo- uh, playing a recorder into the microphone. The mic. Yeah. The vocoder is listening to that and it won't make a sound until I play something through the mic but then when okay. it does it's playing the notes that i'm playing on the keyboard in the tonality of, of the recorder of the input I see. so like yeah, yeah i don't know you hear bon Iver do it a lot right. yeah that song right. creaks by bon Iver's right. all or the uh the uh imaging heap oh yeah the what you yeah. say yeah. Oh, that's on yeah. Yeah. Yep. and rub my eyes this Coder thing. Do you feel like that's a a thing like frozen in time? Like, will it feel like same with like auto tune? Will it feel like dated at some point? I think it runs the risk. But what I'm starting to see, I forget what it was. I just heard yesterday. I'm starting to hear it included in things that. Oh, it's gonna be. It's in just music. it's just textural at this point and okay. some stuff. The new Paul McCartney album, the track oh, one yeah. is a vocoder too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and major like, Major Murphy as yeah, that no, on no. that Access um, song. Yeah. Oh, the the new Bo Burnham special I just watched. There's some some very oh that's cool. Very easy, just little vocoder stuff here and there where it's like you. I guess you could layer that many harmonies, but there's something about the robotic nature of singing a note through a fixed pitch. Do you think technology has just made it so easy where now it's just becoming like a, a popular option for people to, to do the vocoder? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, just more examples been around, of it around. You know? I think it's yeah. like the, 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 the son or daughter of the, um, voice talk, box. Talk, talk, talk box. box. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I think I mean, even, you have 
Frampton doing it. And it's got a similar kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruno's been, there are a couple of Bruno songs where I couldn't tell you if it's talk box or vocoder. Cause yeah. it's, it's usually, usually a keyboard. Talk, it's usually talk box. It, yeah. I know Bruno's production is talk box. Oh, for all sure. right. Yeah. KJ's That's why it. I brought the MXR talk box because of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like shocked when I found out that Logic had one. Not There's to dig into so that. many things that, that it has. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think anything that just kind of perks your ear up. I mean, there's like standard things that you hear in any track or most tracks, you know, bass, guitar, drums, keys. But it's like, what about, there's gotta be something that like, it's like kind of special. No, I hear you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to our, our last question. So Devin, we uh we ask all of our guests if their band or their music. So you could just think of like the squad, United Everywhere, Kickball Forever. If you mm-hmm. want to think singular, what band, whatever makes sense for you. But we always ask them if your music was a blank, what would it be? So I want to ask you if your music was a candy bar, uh, what candy Ooh. bar would it be? Candy Ooh. bar. Yeah. Um. I want to go with Avocado Squad for this. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is tough though because, as we mentioned, it's a band with no genre and no, <laughs> no central it's the whole focus. Shelf of candy bars at yeah. the checkout line. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. It's the mixed pack. It's of, the ten uh, for ten at yeah. Meyer. But if if you want to say like yeah, one candy bar specifically, um, is it just candy or candy bar? Or, oh, talking, did you say it? Sorry, yeah. I say candy bar. Okay, we're talking like chocolate we, of some sort. I was thinking like a chocolate bar or something like yeah. that. But we could we could open it up to candy if that makes it easier for you. Um, well, the Take Five bar came to mind. Oh, oh that's a good one. And it is my favorite candy bar, but I think it also does include. It's just a lot of strange elements. Explain me what a, what's an. I got some salty, oh, yeah. some sweet, right? Yeah. So they come in. Um, it's two the, pieces, two little right, nugget, right. like chicken nugget size <laughs> things where it's a, like a, a ribbed pretzel in the middle, then peanut butter, yeah. caramel. Is it like uh, a wafer texture to it? Yeah. Yeah. It has the, it's got the crunch. The, yeah. Um, blanking now. I assume it has five different things in it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. chocolate, pretzel, caramel, caramel, peanuts, peanut butter. That's how there you yeah. go. Yep. You got it. Yeah, I would love, love to it. be on like the board of people that like <laughs> decide what like, goes in the game. We candy. have to come yeah. up with the next thing to right. like, take a little bit away from Snickers. <laughs> but I like there's um, if I can compare it to the squad, I'd say there's peanuts and peanut butter, which is like redundant. And I'm sure there's something about what I'm doing that's like really redundant and yeah. not necessary. But you're like, it's pretty cool that both are here. Yeah, yeah. There's a big ass pretzel in there. Don't know why that's there. <laughs> There's just a lot of I don't get it, and right. I think that's what I like. But it about. still tastes delicious. It's though. still the best. Yeah. How do you describe it broken up in like two pieces instead of just one solid bar? Um, there's um, the day that we're recording it, which is roommates being roommates. We're all just having fun in the house. That's one of it, and then the other one is me um, stressing out, slaving over in logic <laughs> for like a month afterward. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, asking I don't know how when to the mix next right. album's coming out, you're like, eventually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mixing hard. <laughs> I wanna know, I wanna I wanna know. I don't even know if we mentioned it, but like Avocado Squad is dropping a new album. But like mm-hmm. Devin doesn't have a release date though. It's just coming soon. Yeah. Um it's ta- yeah, it was supposed to come out on January first and it's uh, June second today. So. Yeah, I was gonna say we're pre recording these shows by the way. So like by oh, the time right. this 
episode comes out, I would hope you could find the second album. It'll be out. Yeah, sure. I'll, well, yeah. I'll just say this is the exclusive then. The album's name is Sushi Tuesday. Oh, I did not know that. There's going to be 11 songs and um, it's better than the first album. Yeah. Awesome. A lot. I got a shout out. I, I open up the album. KJ oh, is uh, on two. I'm on two songs. Two songs. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. KJ opens the album with like a like a sermon almost. Yeah. I would say <laughs> spoken word monologue. Cool. Yeah. Type thing. yeah, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. And then sings a chorus on another two. Yeah. We're really happy with. Let me ask you this: Is there any potential that Avocado Squad will play live? Mm. Oh, we've joked about it. Um, all right, let's open this up because I mean I know all the people are on there. Name so is I want you to go down the list of like the people on the first Avocado album. I'll stop you when you get to too many, but okay. Um, you, <laughs> yeah, Devin Anderson, Phil Hartley, Austin Benzing, Meredith Haig, Mitch Gates, Sean White, Kurt Johnson the <laughs> Third, Jamie Black, Bailey Budnick, Amy Henderson. That's ten people. There's already. a gang vocal that has like four more people. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like yeah, pulling that off live. I'm just like, yeah. oh man, yeah. that'd be well, crazy. The, to, the of is us, everything essential to all the songs. Yeah, that, a, I guess that's a good call. Yeah, the, what it really rides on is I have to learn how to play keys properly if we're gonna play live. Because there's just, there's keys on everything yeah. that mm. someone played, and if it was me, it was me like really sweating putting that together yeah, for the one that time goes. that it got laid down. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be tricky. I don't know if I could just be the keyboard player in a band. Cause then like somebody like Dutcher Snedeker or somebody would be <laughs> in the crowd and picturing and he would just be like, who's this loser? Who's <laughs> this, this is amateur. You can bring Dutcher in. You can yeah, go have yeah, another band. Yeah. We gotta, oh, maybe, we yeah, maybe we could just hire there. him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny to say like sweating, like laying down apart. We were trying to like, we were, you know, playing the new album recently. I'm like, I need to learn all these little fills I put in during the recording. I think we both oh, yeah. did. We both did. When we had to perform the album live, we were like, oh shit, we play a synth part there. What are we going to yeah. do here to make this cool? And it's like, it's it's one thing to lay it down just like to have it once, but like to like know where to put it and to like put it, play it right. I had to go back and listen to the recording, just like isolate mm. the bass. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Man, this is a whole different subject we'll get into some other time. But I remember I was listening to Krong Ben and Mark was talking about how when Laura Lee was like recording her parts, he was like, you had to play those. And she was like, I, I could do it. And then when they had to do it, he, she was like, he's like, it's not so easy as you thought. And she's like, no, it's not. And so like now that they're kind of going back on tour and stuff, you know, she's just talking about just like right. having to learn One all those songs again. Thing, another thing to perform it. Yeah. And singing those hooks. Yeah, and singing. That. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the stuff that like you have to think about. I think a lot of times too, going back to my, to defend myself for the downstroke of just like singing and having to play a lot of like, you know, funk where it's just like, it's not even just like a straight up, it's like, you know, like the rhythm I might be singing is different than the rhythm I'm playing so I'm like I better just stick with mm. downstroke I can't get fancy with picking too you know <laughs> yeah totally Mitch is uh Mitch just told me he's the primary bass player on the album but I have a couple songs I think yeah uh he's he's gonna do a, a album playthrough when it comes out on bass because he just got a certain uh heavily sought after short scale instrument I'm curious. What do you mean about I know. this? I was like, like you said it so mysteriously. There's a new. Uh, oh, did he get the Joe, Joe Dart, Dart bass? That's he what I was may have too. done that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. no I was yeah. thinking that no too. Knobs. Yeah, the no knobs. Yeah, wow. Get behind that. No. But it'll be interesting to hear. It. Like, what is it? Just always at full value? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. I never once a knob. I mean, 
Yeah, I always you have control the volume it through your full amp. Up. Yeah, I love I it. Yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, you're just plugging into your Scarlet. Like, right. what do you need a volume knob for? No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I need to have some tonal knobs personally. I know. But yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I'll never get that bass, but like, <laughs> that's I think cool. it's a funny it. idea. Yeah. It's the iPhone of basses now. Yeah. They oh, took the last button off. <laughs> that's so funny. That's cool. Hilarious. I'm looking forward to him playing that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I think that was the first way we connected when we ran into each other at that show. Uh, Mitch was on stage playing Dean Town, like warming up. I was like, "You know about Wolfpack?" And you like, "You guys know about Wolfpack?" <laughs> and then we just instantly connected. I felt like, yeah, uh, cool. Well, I think we uh, we hit all the the topics. And we got did. some really good, awesome ideas and thoughts, and we went down some interesting little rabbit holes. Yeah, Devin, thanks for being the first guest, man. Thank we appreciate you. it. You crushed it. I think had a so. blast. Yeah, <laughs> you gonna close it? Or is that the close? That's the close. I, I really don't know how to close. This is funny. I used to do stand-up, and I used to be like, uh, I don't know what to do now, so I'm just leaving. <laughs> that's, that's why I leave. You just here. Vince kneeled it. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, all right, thanks for being here. So this is this is my music and this was fun and this is the end of the episode. Right we'll here. see you on the next one. See ya.